Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. An exciting part of anyone's life that we often can overlook is the value of having a family. Since we are often busy and we're distracted, maybe overworked, we tend to forget the value of the family that we have and the home that God has given us. The value of having parents and having a marriage and having a children and having grandchildren should be noted every single day. The U.S. society is changing very dramatically, and the value of family has in every way declined. I think it has crept into the churches as well. Neglection, division, and humanistic views are on the rise, and it has created a decline in the value of a traditional family, and even, you could say, the biblical family as we know it from the Scripture. It is studied that 40% of married couples uh, with children in the U.S. are step-couples, meaning from the second marriage. And approximately 100 million Americans have step-relationships. Approximately one-third of all weddings in America today have form of step-families. And now this is not to say that these families are the worst or maybe that we wish them for the worst. But the reality is that before the step-relationship, there probably has been ill-relationship. Children may be being born out of wedlock, maybe uh, marriages being split through divorce and trials for child custodies, and even spouses not being faithful to each other. And I thank God for all the step-families, and uh, that might represent in our church with English and Spanish and Korean, and we pray for them. We thank God for what they do in their, uh, I guess, uh, 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 building their home and building their family. And, and uh, I'm not trying to in any way... Uh, discredit their testimony today, but I'm just simply saying the reality is that there have been some hurt in the past, and of course, many of our families today in our church, they're trying to do their best and trying to, you know, give themselves to the Lord, but the trend has always been the same for the last several decades. America has been somewhat been suffering from divorce and maybe children being split apart, and uh, 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 many of the children not having two parents in their home, maybe a single mother or maybe even a single father. Forty percent of these children are born out of wedlock, they say, and nearly 60 percent of these couples already have at least one child from a previous relationship. So, you know, uh, these are the stats and these are the realities of America today. And with marriage not being traditional and faithful, one of the effects of this is that there is a rise on foster care. Uh, over 200,000 children enter the foster care system each year. Over 200,000 children. Think about that. For example, in Georgia, they move seven to ten times a year. A year. They are introduced to a family, and then next thing you know, they're going to another family, and another family, another family, and then by the tenth time, hopefully, uh, they'll find the right family to take them in. And they lose four to six months of educational progress. And then 75% of them function below their grade level. 
Only 15% of them graduate with a high school diploma. Now, these are just concrete facts about the children that we have in America. Yes, we are blessed. Yes, we have the, I guess, the power, you could say, uh, you know, compared to all the different nations. And, and you could say we are the richest nation in this world. We have all the different, I guess, blessings, you could call it, and materialistic ideas. But as we think about some families today, how they are being deprived and they're also suffering from not having the biblical family within their lives. And our children, the next generation, is having to raise themselves rather than having a father and mother in their lives. And that is a fact. Statistics shows that there's a rise in children being homeless at least one time in their lives. Annually, 1 in 30 children have become homeless. And as we think about this graph, this is back in 2013, three years ago or so, and uh, 1 in 30 of them, so 2.5 million children in America were found homeless at one time in that year. You see, this is a result of maybe children uh, being neglected and not having a functional home with care, and security. The view of the traditional marriage is in question today. And as we remember, the Supreme Court just ruled that same-sex marriage is legal and constitutional. Sometimes we forget. This happened just last year. And by the way, how many Christians really grieve over this decision? How many Christians really, you know, uh, in every way... uh, was shocked by the fact that as we have the uh, Judeo-Christian uh, uh, foundation, uh, uh, now we have deserted all that to uh, ideally accept many people, especially the uh, LGBT crowd. And uh, I think in every way our country is going the wrong direction. And we need to make sure that we pray for our country and that we pray for the leaders of this country. And, uh, but just going back to it, same-sex marriage is legal and now constitutional in this country. And uh, take a look at this chart of religious group and their views and their same-sex marriage. I know it's very small. You can't really read it if you're in the back. But we see uh, on the very right, no clear position by the Buddhists and Hinduism. They don't know where to stand. And then, of course, it prohibits same-sex marriage. And we have the Baptist churches there, and even the Mormons and Islam, and there are also Jewish movement, Orthodox Jewish movement, Catholic Church, and also the Methodist Church. And we thank God for the fact that I know all of them are not Christians, but at least they're standing on the traditional marriage between a man and a woman. But we see the left side, they allow same-sex marriage in these organizations, conservative Jewish movement, as uh, 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 Episcopal Church and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the Presbyterian Church, I know there's two groups of Presbyterians, but one of them now is endorsing and is okay same-sex marriage, reforming Jewish movement, Society of Friends, and, and uh, Universalists, and United Church of Christ. And, and uh, I, as I looked at this chart, and, and uh, this is of July 2015, I wonder how many of them, how many of these people in the middle will soon go to the left in a few years. 
And by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if Islam is the only religion in this country that prohibits same-sex marriage in two decades from now. Because Christians are compromising. We must wonder how long it will take for our country to be in every way giving the wrong type of ideology and humanistic philosophy that will bring the wrath of the Lord. I wonder how long it will take. And as we think about 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of devils. And all these trends gives us an understanding and warning that the devil is out to destroy the value of home and family. A Baptist preacher in Texas, uh, Raymond Barber, once said, a breach in the wall of the home or a crack in the foundation of the family provides the devil an opening to destroy the framework of both. You see, the devil is trying to creep in, in the society and in America, but more especially in the homes maybe through the government, so that it will ruin the value and the biblical stand of the family that we've been holding to. And uh, let us be mindful of the fact the devil is not done with his work. He is continually trying to tempt us and trying to uh, pull us down. Now, he has the world, okay, and his enemy is us. His enemy is the church. His enemy are the Christians. His enemies are the believers, He's he's firing his uh, 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 darts against the believers today and how we must stand firmly as Christians in this evil day. And uh, I think about Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, as Apostle Paul writes about the armor of God, before that, in Ephesians chapter 5, he writes about the great, wonderful uh, institution called marriage. And he talks about the role of the husband and the role of the wife. And then in the beginning of chapter 6 in Ephesians, he writes about the children obedient to the parents and how the fathers need to nurture and admonish their children. And then we see in the middle of chapter 6, after he speaks about the servants and the master, which is also the function of the home in those days, he writes in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the who? The devil. For we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. And as we think about the context, how applicable it is for families to put on the whole armor of God. Husband and wives and children and master, even servants. And, and as we think about the scripture, they're all encouraged to put on the armor of God. And these gentlemen, we are living in an evil day. Our society is not doing good. Families are not doing good. Marriages are not doing good. And as Christians, how we need to shine the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and lead people to the Lord. But not only that, we should also 
on the biblical instructions in the Bible and build our family according to the scripture so that our testimony will shine in this world that the instructions of God concerning the family still works in 2016. The world needs to see that. I don't know uh, what kind of family you have. You might have a family uh, of uh, just children and you as a single mother, maybe even a single father, and maybe grandparents raising their grandchildren, and I don't know what kind of function of a home that you have today, and that is not my concern right now. My concern is, are you in every way biblically following the Scripture and obeying the Lord in how to be a godly father and mother and a husband and, and, and wife and also even children? Are you following the Word of God? Because you need this armor right here, this sword right here, to fight against the devil. This is the sword of the Spirit. And we must put this on. Yes, we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness, and we must gird on the truth, and we must put on the gospel on our feet, and also the, uh, uh, the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith, all of that. But make sure you carry with you the offensive armor, which is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And make sure you have this book protecting you and guiding you and, and also uh, uh, in every way fighting for you in this evil day. Put on the whole armor of God, husband. Put on the whole armor of God, wives. And put on the whole armor of God, parents. Put on the whole armor of God, children, because the devil is out to get the Christians and get them to compromise and get them to just kind of split up and and do whatever they want, not according to the Scripture. And ladies and gentlemen, we must trust the Lord in what God has said and and what He has preserved in the Scripture and use it and live by it so that we may be a shining testimony for the glory of God. And as we think about building the family, we know in the Scripture, as we read in Hebrews chapter 3, For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. As we put on the armor of God, ladies and gentlemen, I believe God will bless our family, and he will ultimately build our family for his glory. How many believe that this morning? I mean, that is still possible that God could build your family in a godly way, in the right direction, and also rear your children. And I'll share the scripture later on, but the Bible says very clearly that those children are a heritage of the Lord. You know, as I pray for my children, uh, uh, you know, uh, many times during the week, I realize over and over again that Annabelle and Josiah and Silas, they are uh, not my children, but God's children. Now, of course, I want them to be saved in the days to come, and I'm praying that they'll be born again. And But in every way, as I have these children, God has given them these children to me, and I need to be a good steward. And I need to make sure that I guide these children in the biblical way and in the, in, in the instructions of the Lord, because these children were given to me by God. And God wants to build these children for His glory. And uh, I need to trust the Lord, because He is the master builder. And he could build my marriage. He could build my children. But I must also put in the work. And I must obey. I must surrender. I must give it all to God so that he may build it in the days to come.
And uh, let's lower the temperature a little bit, Brother Mike, if you could. And uh, I think it's getting a little too warm in here. And uh, 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 just let me share with you this morning just three workers or builders in the family that God desires to work through and uh, so that he may be glorified. First of all, very practically this morning, the man must build. The man must build. The head of the home is the man. In analogy of Christ in the church, Paul explains that the head of the wife is the man, the husband. Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He is a savior of the body. So the structure, the home starts with the head of the home, who is the man. This is a very weighty responsibility for all men sitting here today. And we must build a home for the glory of God. And we have, given, we have been given stewardship. And we must take on these responsibility, and that we must do all that we can to build the home in the right way, and that we must obey the scripture. God commands the husband, the man, to build security. That's the first thing. God wants us to build security in the home, and that through his help and through his power. What kind of security? We need to have the love of God. We need to have love. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And Colossians chapter 3, verse 19. Husband, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Men, God desires for us to use the authority that he has given us. But also he desires for us to use his affection as well. Not only just authority, but also affection. You got to have love. You got to love your wife. You got to love your children. But on the subject of loving our wives, I wonder if we show our affection to our spouse today. Now, you could say that you love her, and you could say that you married her, you put a finger on, uh, you put a ring on her finger, and, and you did all the things that you had to do and, and uh, get her to marry you. But I wonder if you're continually showing your affection to your wife. And don't you thank God that God is continually showing his affection to us? You know, God doesn't say, I died on the cross and I rose again. All right, you know I love you. No, he continually, he continually loves us. He tells us that he loves us from the scripture. As we pray, he comforts us and strengthens us. And through the Holy Spirit of God, and uh, he secures us in his love. And, and love never faileth, my friend. And his love is always, con- is always continuing, and it is always shown every single day of our lives. I think sometimes we men don't get it. And sometimes we uh, uh, do not show the affection as we should to our wives. Soon after our, uh, the last child left home for college, the husband was resting next to his wife on the couch with his head on her lap. The wife carefully removed his glasses. You know, honey, she said sweetly, without your glasses, you look like the same handsome young man I married. The husband replied, honey, yes, honey, answered the wife. You know, without my glasses, you still look pretty good too. Now, that's the wrong answer, amen. We men have a hard time getting it sometimes. And uh, Christ didn't, you know... uh, 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 in every way, just say, I love you. No, he showed his love. He gave himself. He died on the cross, of course. And he is continually showing his affection. And, 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 and as husbands today, we must continue to do the same. 
And uh, we must show our affection to our wives. And uh, we must do all that we can to let her know. Because she is wondering, as she is being obedient to her husband, she's wondering, yes, he is my authority, I'm obeying him, and I'm being submissive to him, but I wonder if he still loves me. That's what they're wondering. And we must secure them in love so that they may be continually be submissive. You can't just put your foot down and say, woman, obey me. It makes sense to us, huh? Structurally, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, like the military, you know, uh, type of structure, you know. You know, employer to the employee. You know, working structure. Sometimes we kind of bring that to the family. But that's not the case. Okay? The wife doesn't see it like that. And, and, and we men, we, we need to recognize uh, that we need to uh, show our affection so that we may secure them as they obey the Lord and being submissive to us. You know, uh, we're good at judging our wives, but not loving them. This is why in Colossians it says, Husband, love your wives and be not bitter against them. And, uh, and, and, and husband can get bitter too. Oh, my wife never gets it done right. Ah, oh, my wife never cooked this meal right. Ah, oh, my wife always has this house messy. Never get the laundry done at the right time. Always judging and always doing. You know, uh, we men need to learn grace more. And we need to make sure that uh, our, our, our judgment of things and assessments of things in the home uh, doesn't ruin our relationship with our spouse. And I know we're supposed to be overseer. We understand that. And we need to make sure we do that, too. But we need to have the right balance of loving. And that's also overseeing. And men always be sensitive to the atmosphere of the home. And, you know, is the home having a lovely atmosphere, a loving atmosphere, a joyful atmosphere, and uh, I think we men could get so bitter or maybe so serious that we never have joy, never have love within the house. And, uh, and, and some of you men have more fun at work than at home. That's a problem. You love, more, you, you love work more than your family. You love work more than your marriage. You love hanging around with your coworkers more than you being with your wife. That's a problem. And uh, we need to make sure that family comes first and that marriage comes first. So we need to secure the marriage in love, the love of Christ. Secondly, finances. We need to secure our family with finances. Ephesians chapter, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Let's read this together. Okay, Just the men. Amen? All right, just the men. Ready? But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. How clear is that? You know, the Bible says that we need to provide for our own. Prospective father-in-law asked, young man, can you support a family? The surprised groom-to-be replied, well, no, I just plan to support your daughters. The rest of you will have to fend for yourselves. 
<laughs> you know, uh, with this in mind, it's very quite obvious that every husband and every father has his own family, okay? And no one can provide for your family except for you. And men, we need to provide for our family, and that is our job. And some Christian men are doing a worse job than the worldly people today, and we need to secure our family. Did you know that when Jesus Christ was dying on that cross, okay, he told his mother, Behold thy son, and then he turned to the disciple, John, Behold thy mother, referring to Mary. And the Bible says, after that, John took Mary. And, and, and brought her to his home and took care of her for the rest of her life. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, as he was dying for the sins of the whole world, he secured his mother to make sure that she's okay after he's gone, that she's taken care of financially. Jesus did all things well, amen? He did it perfectly. His life is a great example for us. I wonder if we are taking care of our families today. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 22, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, despise not thy mother when she is old. And, uh, you know, uh, we might be grown adults, but how is our parents, how is our mother and father and and uh, I've been convicted by this as well, and I need to take care of my mother as well more attentively. And we cannot despise our parents. This is biblical here today. Just because you have your home, your spouse, and your children, don't you dare say, hey, these are my boundaries, and then, you know, my parents could just fend for themselves. I don't think in any way God designed us that way. I think God wants to make sure that we secure even the parents that raised us and guided us throughout our whole lives. And we need to make sure we don't despise them. But going back to it, giving security and love, but also in finances, provide for your family. Make sure you have food on the table. Make sure there is a savings account. Make sure there is a retirement plan. And make sure uh, all the bills are paid in time. Make sure you're not escalating debt. And I'm just telling you, these are very important within the family. And uh, make sure that you have these things secure. These are practical things, but also it's biblical. The Bible says, owe no man anything in Romans chapter 13. If you can't pay it, okay, don't owe it. And ladies and gentlemen, make sure that you... Uh, Secure your family in these practical things. So love finances men. Secondly, build the spiritual. Okay, Not only practically, but spiritually. In Joshua chapter 4, 24, verse 15, If it seem evil unto you, serve the Lord. Choose you to say whom you will serve. And uh, he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, uh, you know, Joshua was committed. He says, we will serve our God. And loving your wife is biblical, men. Providing for your family is biblical. And bringing in the spiritual into the family is also biblical. 
And you see, without the spiritual, without God, we labor in vain. If he, uh, Psalms 127, verse 1, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. You see, God needs to build your marriage and provide your family and trust the Lord at the end and make sure you give yourself to the spiritual. You see, if you really want to love your wife, realize that God is love. You've got to trust the Lord. You've got to trust in His love to love your wife. God owns the cattle and the thousand hills. And God said, gold and silver is mine. If you want to secure your family and finances, trust the Lord. He owns it all. You see, you got to build your family in the spiritual. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And uh, I wonder if you're trusting God as you go to work, I wonder if you're trusting God as you try to love your spouse. Men, trust and, 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 and just in every way have faith in God. God will bless it ultimately. Your love could only go so far. Your security in your work could only go so far. You've got to trust the Lord. That's why you've got to kneel and pray to God. Pray for your spouse, pray for your family, and pray for your work. And, uh, and you need to make sure that you kneel so that you may have the power of God to build your home. So with that, let's go to the second point for the ladies. The help me must build. The help me must build. I like the word help me because God describes the wife that way. The wife is a help me from the Lord. God created the woman for this purpose to be a help me to the husband. Genesis 2.18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make an help me for him. The wife must help to build a husband, reverence him. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, this doesn't mean that you need to worship him at his feet. Okay. Kiss him at his feet and wash his feet at night, okay? But you need to respect your husband. And you need to give that power of authority to your husband for your family. That's how you be a helpmate. So with that in mind, build submission. Ladies, let's say this verse to, if you can. I won't say it, but you could say it. Ephesians 5.22. Would you say it? One, two, three. In Ephesians 24, it says, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband in how many things? Everything. Wow. <clears throat> I'll be submissive to my husband here and there. No. God says, in everything. Wives must submit to her husband as unto the Lord. Wives must submit to her husband in everything. Why? Because you are his helpmate. His desire is your desire. His plan is your plan. His vision is your vision. And, and so a helpmate, the best help that you can give to your husband is to submit and to follow. Men who lack leadership and decisiveness can be linked to a wife who is her own boss. 
Ladies, Christ said, you and your husband are one flesh. How romantic, amen? You ladies like that, right? One flesh. But how about not only in, I guess, the affection of it all, of one flesh, but how about loyalty too? You're one flesh, you're loyal to one another. You're one flesh so that you as a wife could be led by the husband. The Bible says in Ephesians very clearly, the head of the wife is the man. That means you cannot function without the man. You cannot function without the husband. You need your husband. You're an help me to your husband. And make sure you're there for him. Don't neglect your family. Don't neglect your husband. And, and make sure that you're submissive to your husband. Now, this is a, not only a serious matter, but a spiritual matter. It's not politics or modernization when wives are submissive to her husband. No, it's a direct disobedience to God Almighty when you're disobedient to your husband. When you are not submissive to your husband. I encourage all ladies to obey your husband as unto the Lord and also in everything. All right, number two, build stewardship. Titus chapter 2, verse 5. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husband, that the word of God be not blasphemed. You know, the Bible is very clear. Keepers at home, be good stewards of your home. This is your first priority. A New York Times article on people who were sick of too many hours at work told the story of Diane Knorr, a former dot-com executive. She said, the first time I got a call way after hours from being a senior manager, I remember being really flattered and thinking, wow, I'm really getting up there now. But gradually, her work and family life became a blur with hours that were hard to scale back. If I leave at 5 o'clock and everyone else leaves at 6.30, I might look like the one who is not pulling her weight, she said. In college, Mrs. Knorr set a goal of making six-figure salary by the age of 49. She reached at the age of 35, and she said, nothing happened, no balloons dropped. That's when I really became aware of that hollow feeling. Nor eventually quit her successful job and started a nonprofit organization so that she'll have some more time with her family. And ladies, I want to encourage you, don't build your career. Build your home. Build your family first. That's your priority. Now, if you're a single mother, you've got to do both. I understand that. My, my mom had to do both. It's a hard struggle. Okay. And uh, I was not somewhat semi-joking around with my mom, and I was reading First Timothy for my devotion. I said to my mom, Mom, according to the Bible, if you're a young widow, you should get married. You should have gotten married. And then uh, my aunt was there, too, and my aunt laughed. She's like, who's going to take a wife with four kids? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, uh, but my mom, you know, her heart was to, according to 1 Corinthians, that she give herself to the Lord. And, uh, I mean, she had a hard time raising her children, all four of them, and then, you know, working at the restaurant, doing all these things. But it all worked out at the end. God blessed it. And if you're a single mother today, it can work. All things are possible with God. And uh, I'm not downplaying work today. I'm not saying you should drop your work if you're a single mother and then just take care of your family. Then, you know, then your family, your children are going to suffer financially. So 
Uh, you got to do both. Now, but if you're a wife with a husband, your husband's working, hey, make sure you're focusing on your children and being a helpmate to your husband. That is your job. That is your role. Husband, own that too. You provide your family, and then you do all that you can so that your wife can stay at home. And rear your children while you're gone, and then also be a help me to you when you come home. Ladies working a full-time job and then coming home, they want to, they, they have the same, you know, uh, perception of home as men do. They want to rest. They don't want to, you know, do extra things. And then that's what happens when husband and wife work full-time, that's when they sometimes clash. And then the children are, they get neglected, and then they're given over to maybe, I don't know, daycare more, nightcare more, and it just becomes not structured. And I want to encourage you ladies, focus on your family. Be a keeper of the home. Cook for your family. Okay. And, 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 and do the laundry for your family. Do all that you can. Be the keeper of the home. Be submissive to your husband, ladies. All right, with that, number three, children must build. Children must build. First of all, they must build obedience. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And an elderly lady was amazed at how nice the young man was next door, and every day he would help her gather things from her car or help her in her yard. One day the old lady finally asked the young man, Son, how did you become such a fine young man? The young man replied, Well, when I was a boy, I had a drug problem. And the old lady was shocked. I can't believe that. And the young man replied, it's true. My parents drug me to church on Sunday morning, drug me to church Sunday night, and drug me to church on Wednesday night. <laughs> Children, there is nothing wrong with strong parents with strong convictions. You know, I was thinking uh, uh, about my mom, and even this morning I was thinking about my mom, and, and my uh, daughter was having a cough issue all night, and, and uh, I think till 1 o'clock or so, so I got up maybe five or six times trying to give her water and, and uh, you know, use the humidifier so that the air is not too dry and, and uh, gave her medicine that didn't really work out and then, you know, kind of kept on praying for her and at the end she finally fell asleep and then early in the morning she started coughing again and then my wife was a little worried and then she came up to me and she said, you know, uh, should we just have her stay home? And I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking. I was thinking about my own childhood. And I was thinking, I remember when I was sick. What did my mom do? Oh, yeah, she just gave me medicine, and we went to church. And we just did that this morning. I thank God for a strong mom, you know, who just said, I know you're sick, but let's take some medicine. We're going to church, and then you can rest afterwards. And uh, I followed that same example this morning, just thinking about my mom. Now, I wasn't. Telling Annabelle, Annabelle, you know, uh, you're not right with God right now if you're thinking that you want to stay home. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I didn't do that at all. I just didn't even talk about it. I said, hey, we're going to go to church, take some medicine here. And uh, she's here at the, in the children's uh, class. She's sitting toward the back so that she's not, you know, uh, contagious to other children. And, uh, and she's fine. And uh, she ate this morning. She did pretty good. And she's having three layers right now. 
And, uh, but I just brought her, and uh, uh, she wasn't like having crazy fever or anything like that. I think she had the, just a big cough issue. And, uh, but I was, you know, in every way just reflecting back my mom and uh, how she was disciplined, and uh, she gave me that character that Sunday is not an option. It's a, it's a, it's a command. And, uh, and parents, I want to encourage you, do not trust your children in a very naive way. And uh, they are sinners. They can lie. And they can be deceitful. And they can use you. I have three children. I have uh, Silas, Josiah, and Annabelle. All three of them. They're all sinners. Even this morning, I almost ca- I, I caught Josiah trying to deceive me. You know, he wasn't sick, but he was sick. Oh, my throat... <coughs> It's hard air. You know why? Because he wanted a cough drop. Sweet candy. And I kind of just, you know, uh, pressured him. I said, are you really sick? And he said, no. (laughs) You just really just wanted a cough drop, didn't you? You know, he could be very, you know, uh, he's a salesman too. Did you know that? He tried to sell me. And it's like he tries to beg me for things. He would come up to me like 20 times a day for one thing. And I said, no, but you could be a salesman one day. That's fine. <laughs> well, I'm not going to buy your product, okay? But I'm just saying, you know, uh, uh, children could be very cunning that way, and you've got to be very careful and, and do not just reluctantly trust your children and, and uh, make sure that you're biblically raising your children in an instructive manner and also in an honest manner. And Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you've got to give discipline, you've got to give that character into them. They're not going to just find that on their own. Man, do that to your uh, for your son. And ladies, do that for your daughters. And do all that you can for your children. And build that good biblical parenting. And children, obey the parents. Now, we all need to take heed to that as children today. If you have living parents, let's all obey them. And let us make sure we are mindful of them. Secondly, build a heritage, children. Psalm 127, verse 3. Lo, her- children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6, children, children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. You know, there's no better delight for all children who get old and grow up to carry on the Christian legacy. And as, as sons and daughters, don't you want Christian heritage to continue? You know, uh, I didn't... I, my mom went through a lot so that uh, she could pass down this heritage to us. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to just sit back and just, you know, uh, be careless about my Christian life. Now, I'm not doing it for my mom. Of course, I'm doing it for my, for my God. But God instilled into my mom's life to build a heritage. And then God is doing the same thing with me. And I want my children to go in the way of the Lord. And I need to pray for them. And I'm praying that my children will also own it and be good steward of it. And as children today, if you're a young person, college age, and maybe a single adult, if your parents are born again and saved and they go to church, hey, make sure that you're a good steward of the heritage that's been passed down to you. 
and do not live a lukewarm life and just a whatever life. Now, if you are a child and you are a, you know, a person starting out as a Christian, your parents don't go to church, your you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> sisters and brothers don't go to church, but you go to church, you come to Bible Baptist, I want to encourage you, start your heritage now. now. And, and I want to encourage you to do all that you can for your family in the future. And uh, I, 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 I believe with all my heart, that this is a great delight in the Lord, seeing his heritage over and over again, generation after generation after generation. And let's pray for our children. Pray that they'll have obedience. Pray that they'll own the heritage. And let's pray for ourselves that we'll be the right husband and father and also the right wife and the mothers. And so with that, may we see God build a wonderful family.